Hey, it's James from Royal Credit Union's Money Donuts podcast. We're talking about a word that scares a lot of people. It's fraud. This individual, they were bombarding that phone so much that the person got a new phone number. There was a note, a sticky note on the outside of their door saying, what is your new phone number? What? So they hired, the scammer hired someone on Craigslist to place that note there. Listen to Money Donuts on your favorite podcast platform or watch full videos at rcu.org podcast. It's peanut butter jelly time. Soda Stick and the Minnesota Wild teamed up for another collaboration in honor of the duo that is Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello. Get yours now exclusively at the Hockey Lodge. Plus, be sure to keep an eye out for some new Buttes merch at SodaStick.com. As always, you can snag 15% off all purchases when you use code BARDOMBEAUTIES at checkout. At Jim Beam, they know the importance of tradition, like chanting, let's play hockey prior to the start of each game or playing the state of hockey anthem after a wild win. This season, raise one to your fan family with the bourbon that invites us all to come as friends and leave as family. Jim Beam Bourbon Whiskey, the official bourbon whiskey partner of the Minnesota Wild and XL Energy Center. Drink smart. Jim Beam Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. 40% alcohol by volume. Copyright 2021. James B. Beam Distilling Company Incorporated. Fairmont, Kentucky. What's going on, everybody? We are the Bar Down Beauties podcast. This is Buttes Live presented by Greenbelt. Be sure you go up to the bar, order some Greenbelt specials all night long. We are doing this once a month, having a good time. Bar Down Beauties, what is that? For those of you that are not here for us are probably asking. We are a hockey podcast. I'm Jesse Pierce. She's Kirsten Kroll. My day-to-day job, I am covering the NHL and the Minnesota Wild. She is the face of the Minnesota Wild. Believe it or not, I know a lot of you probably thought Kirill Kaprizov is the face. She's the second face. Basically the same thing so we are here doing this live show to talk a little hockey as i had mentioned earlier we've got trivia we've got giveaways from Greenbelt. we've got bard on beauty's puck who doesn't want to go home with a puck it's going to be a good night who's ready to have some fun <laughs> already my favorite place out here at kazi's thank you everybody let's start off with a little minnesota wild talk uh kirsten yesterday They played the New York Islanders, concluded their road trip in New York, getting three of four points. However, yesterday you really saw the inability to score again. Became a slight issue. And the power play, we should talk about the power play. 0 for 5, hated to see it. Are you concerned? Where's your concern level? Again, they've now officially reached the halfway mark. Are we worried about the way that they played, or are you just crossing off as it's just one game, they'll move on? Well, I don't think it's just one game. I think there's been about four games in a row now, starting with when they went out to Buffalo. Granted, Buffalo's a really good team, so there's that to be said. And then a couple games after when they were a little bit of a downward, not downward spiral, I think that's a little dramatic to say. I'm still not ready to say that I'm concerned, but I do think they need to kind of figure out what the issues have been and turn it around quick. Um, Scoring, I remember last season when the biggest thing was just talking about how they couldn't do anything on the power play and... Now this season, it's kind of been flip of the coin where it's been five-on-five scoring for them. Now, like you had mentioned, the power play last night. I want to just sum it up to being just a little bit of a mini rough patch. I hope that's all it is. Yeah. You know, that's you always hope for that. They host, uh, actually, first trivia question, who does the Minnesota Wild host tomorrow night, Saturday, at XL Energy Center? Whoever can tell me can choose from the Coyotes. Yes, there you go. 
get a puck. I'm not going to throw it. I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Don't, Don't kill him. Don't kill him. Sounds dangerous. Don't kill him. Maybe. We'll see how the night progresses. Maybe we get a little bit crazier down the road. A couple more of these delicious grain belts going down the hatch. Who knows? Uh, no, they host the Arizona Coyotes. Should be an easy win, right? Kirsten, we, would, we would hope so. You would hope so. What do you want to do? Let's just go open it up to the grand scheme. What do you want to do with the Arizona Coyotes? There's been constant talk. They are now playing in a very small arena, a very small facility. They're a team that struggles a lot in a lot of facets. Should you relocate them? If you were Gary Bettman and the NHL, would you move Arizona? Or would you say, hey, you know what? We're going to keep having faith in you. I mean, they've moved teams for less. So really, what would you do? I think it is good for the NHL if the Arizona Coyotes stay in Arizona. And things, I think, are looking up for them. I think it's only realistically helping them that they're in Tempe right now. And new plans approved for a new arena. So I think that's going to be super exciting, and I think it's only going to help them. If I was Gary Bettman, I mean, I can understand having the faith still in this organization in Arizona. Now, obviously, when you have a better team, that draws in more people and entices them to come to your games. Um, Arizona, they've been, in, they've been struggling to say, put it lightly. So... I would hope for their sake, especially once Logan Cooley's done playing with the Gophers, once he makes it down to Arizona, that's only going to help him out, too. He's going to be a star down there. For the good of the league, I want to see Arizona do well. I agree. I mean, I'm all about the growth of hockey. Uh, Austin Matthews, superstar from Arizona, which is always really cool. You love to see different guys. Speaking while we're still discussing NHL changes. Connor McDavid, if you guys don't know who Connor McDavid is, he has worn the same pair of socks for the past like 10 years. It's disgusting. But aside from that, he is the fastest player in the NHL. He is a the elite of elite, plays for the Edmonton Oilers. Anyway, Connor McDavid had mentioned that he wants the league to get rid of the shootout. Now, it's this uh, thing that's been adopted the past couple years where they play a five-minute overtime and then automatically move to a shootout round after round after round. He wants to do a 10-minute three-on-three overtime instead of a five-minute three-on-three overtime. A lot of people hate the shootout. I have a love-hate relationship with it. Um, Kirsten, let's hear your take first. Would you would you agree with McDavid? Would you like to see the shootout completely abolished, or do you like keeping it? What are your what are your feelings? You know, I feel this has been an idea that's been thrown around a little bit before, maybe not in that exact same format that McDavid mentioned, but more so just getting rid of the shootout. At the beginning, I originally was on the side of it's fun seeing just kind of the skill set of these offensive players going towards the net, scoring what fancy shots and moves that they can pull out. But to his point, he mentioned how it's not fair doing the overtime shootout. And I would agree with that. I mean, let's say you have a team, they're down three, they really push force overtime, and they're grinding it out in overtime, and then unfortunately falls in the shootout. Goaltenders taking a little bit of flack with that too. So... I think, honestly, the 10-minute three-on-three overtime could even be a little bit more exciting for fans to watch as well. So that is something I could definitely get on board for. Yeah, I would agree. I think, um, you know, everybody loves an extended overtime. We can talk about the UMD Bulldogs going into, I think, triple overtime, whatever. You love to see that. Go back to Apple Valley High School doing that in the state tournament. Uh, always fun. I don't hate the shootout as much as people do though however right because sometimes you do get to see some really fun moves brian rolson the limited slapper we're talking about shootouts um yeah i don't hate them like i think you really have to rely on the goaltender you guys anybody who listens to this podcast knows i'm very critical of my goaltenders um you know but they do they have to come up big granted you also need to score on the other end which minnesota failed to do in that rangers game when they were pushed to a shootout again still getting that point um Kirsten, let's do our next uh trivia if you don't mind so of as course, I mentioned, it. Connor McDavid, probably one of the league's best players right now as it stands. Where's number 97? Kirill Kaprizov, Minnesota's best player, one of the very top players in general in the league as well, also wears 97. 
Can anybody tell me one record he does not hold for the Minnesota Wild? Because trust me, he's been breaking them all. He's been on the, in this league for three years. He has claimed almost every single Minnesota Wild record. He is almost leading in every single, single category for the Wild this season. Is there a category this year that he does not lead in? Does anybody know what one of those cat? There's a couple, but can you name one? I see some heads really nodding and thinking about it. That's true. Plus, Plus minus, minus. Is a, that is a big one. Do you want a puck or a green belt? What, what's your what's your choice? You want a puck? Nice. Yes, Kirill Kaprizov, Kaprizov does not lead in plus minus. He really struggled in that department early on. The whole team did, but particularly him and Matt Zuccarello. It was rough. Theirs were, they they were not good. It was like, I don't know if I'm being over dramatic, but I want to say it was like closer to like plus 17. That might yeah. be dramatic. Is that close? Is that in the ballpark? Sure, we'll go with it. Nobody knows. It's yeah. I'm sure everybody would agree with that. Yeah. Um, I, the other category, another category, he does not lead the team in is shorthanded goals. Can anybody tell me who does in fact lead the team in shorthanded goals this year? Yes, sir. Connor Dewar. It's Connor Dewar. Who got that one right? We got a puck for the gentleman who yelled out Connor Dewar. We can toss out a couple if we need. Again, I'm Jackson not throwing. Jackson in the back also had it. Okay. There you go, Jackson. Thank you. Got one more? Because I believe somebody back there yelled it out. That one was a popular one. A lot of people knew that one. Connor Dewar. He is a young guy who's just manning that fourth line, looking fantastic. Loves him a shorthanded goal. The speed is absolutely tremendous. I was actually mad that Freddie Goudreau scored that shorthanded goal the other night because those belong to Connor Dewar and only Connor Dewar, in my opinion. And honestly, too, I love to see different players getting in the mix in these different statistical categories, just really making an impact, Connor Dewar being one of them. So sometimes, as much as we love Kirill Kaprizov being the superstar he is, Matt Zuccarello also being a key component to that, we love seeing the younger guys also getting in the mix. Kirill Kaprizov, what do you prefer? Dollar Dollar Bill Kirill or Kirill the Thrill? Or is there something else that you want to go with? You know, I think Kirill the Thrill, I mean, as much as it rolls off the tongue, I think it's a little bit overused. I haven't heard Dollar Dollar Bill Kirill in a while. No. I would like to bring that one back. That one just has more swag to it. Yeah, that's true. It's funny, I asked Kirill this because I ask the dumbest questions in every scrum that we have because why? Well, that's what I do. Uh, I said, which name do you prefer? And he said, and I said, or what were people calling you back in Russia? He said nobody ever used his first name. So he's very weirded out that Kirill is the thing that people have latched onto, but it rhymes better, and nobody knew how to say Kaprizov correctly for the first, like, two years of his career, unfortunately, which is a thing that Minnesota does, I think, right? There's still people that don't know how to say his last name. No, it's Kaprizov. I hear Kaprizov still alive. It's not. It's not. It's not. Um, one of the things I do love about Kirill that I think has really become kind of his brand, if you go to a wild game when he scores a goal... They go on his face, say the Opa cheer. Yeah. That one, that is just another thing about Kirill that has just become synonymous with him. I would love to see just like a little bit more enthusiasm. Like, you know he's excited, but he's just so stoic Russian, right? It's Opa. Like, it's not. <laughs> but then when you see him in videos when he's off the ice, like, he's so excited, so happy and smiley. Like, let's just try. Hockey's supposed to be fun. Like, let's translate it to the game. And I will say he is a kid that is out there having fun. Constant yes. smile. And actually, this entire team seems to just be constantly smiling. I mean, obviously, they take their losses very seriously. But in that locker room, like, they're all having a good time for the majority of the time. I remember Marc-Andre Fleury had said, you know, I'd never really get that mad. Like, sure, we saw him upset about the New York Rangers game. And as was reported, he was dealing with some personal stuff. But generally, he's like, 
I can't get mad. Like, I can't stay mad about it. He's like, hockey is just a game of fun, and it's supposed to love it. And, you you know, it sounds childish, and everybody looks at these professional athletes like they're supposed to be these big, strong, tough men. I don't agree with that. Like, I love the approach of, like, you're going to do better when you truly love what you do, right? Look at us here. We're out here talking some hockey as the Bar Down Beauties podcast. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that's it. I remember Alex Daylock had said once his dad would text him before every single game and say, hey, have fun out there, kid. Like, that's so awesome. Like, that just kind of normalizes what they do and probably helps them do their job a little bit better. Definitely, and I think that's so important. And I think the last two weeks, I think just sports fans in general have been reminded about how all of these athletes, we put them on such a high pedestal, but they're all humans at the end of the day. They have feelings. They're putting their lives literally on the line when they go out to play. So sports are more dangerous. So, And it's especially, too, somebody also brought up the point, like, would you want somebody at your own job analyzing and very publicly critiquing every little thing that you mess up on. So I get it. Some people just got to have a little bit more grace to it. I don't take back anything negative I've ever said about goaltenders. That I'm was sure they Jesse took that as a personal <laughs> attack about her criticism of the goaltender. I mean, you want to be a goal. I, I don't want to get puck shot at me at 80 miles an hour, and I don't want a big red horn sounding off behind I me. I want to see that happen like, to you. I, just for the content on social media, I want to see it. If there is somebody out there that's willing to shoot on me, but also dress me in goaltender gear, because I don't have any of that naturally. I'd we be have a lot of it. connections in here that could we help do. set that up. Yeah. No, I mean, I think we'll just ask like Fleury or somebody, maybe. I feel like yeah. he would do it. I think he would too. I think he'd be, think I was He's such a ridiculous. nice guy. Even if he didn't want to, yeah. he wouldn't know how to tell you no. Yeah. He would just do it. Just because. Do you want to know a word? So if you guys have not seen yet, Minnesota Wild releases these weird, not wild, or wild, not weird videos. And there was one where he's literally in flowers and he pops out of flowers and he told me the hardest thing about that commercial was that he couldn't pronounce the word hydrangea. He's like, can't we say rose or something like much simpler hydrangea? He's got a very thick Canadian, French Canadian accent. So you love that about him. Again, we are the Bardown Beauties. I'm Jesse Pierce. She's Kirsten Kroll. We are here on behalf of uh, Green Belt presented by Green Belt. Excuse me. We do these shows once a month at varying locations. We absolutely love it. Do not forget to go up to the bar, purchase some Green Belt beer. Not only is it delicious, they've got some specials rolling. 16 ounce beers of Green Belt or premium light, excuse me, for $3. So be sure to do that. We've got Green Belt swag going on here. We've got Bardown Beauty swag. We will be talking to our buddy Green Belt Joe to enlighten us on all things beer and hockey he's got like the coolest hockey basement in the world we have yet to be invited to it but i hear it's really cool we're we're taking notes we're keeping track yeah we'll work on that so we're gonna take our first quick break you guys again bard on views we'll be right back For the Bar Down Beauties podcast. I'm Jesse Pierce, writer for NHL.com, Wild.com. She's Kirsten Kroll, the face of your Minnesota Wild. We are out here courtesy of our friends at Greenbelt at Cozzy's. We love it. Be sure you go drink some Greenbelt Northeast, whatever your pleasure. It's delightful and absolutely delicious. I want to kick off our second segment here with another trivia question. Who? So at the end of the month, every January, it's a Minnesota holiday. Who is hosting this year's Hockey Day Minnesota? Oh, that one was said with pride right over there. There you go. I even see the White Bear Lake hat over there. Now she's going to hold it up. There you go. Giving it its moment. Mm -hmm. Who's going to Hockey Day Minnesota? You guys are all in Stillwater. We have to say yes. Like, it's got to be a thing. It's going to be great. The girl, yeah, Stillwater girls are playing, so that's going to be awesome. Matamidi boys are playing. Obviously, Hill Murray boy. I mean, there's a whole bunch of Northeast connections. Nothing... Well, I'll be there too, Kelly. The Wild are also playing against the Buffalo Sabres. An 8 p.m. puck drop, not my favorite thing to do on a Saturday night. That's so late for me because I'm old. Uh, <laughs> You're not that old. 
older than you. Older than me, but that, yeah, whatever. Like, does your necklace say 1996 because you were born in 96? Correct, wow. yes. That is what All it right. says. <laughs> For that reason. <laughs> that's just, that's a lot. I just really loved the 90s. Mm-hmm. I mean, me too, because I was old enough to remember them. Okay. Anyway, well. <laughs> again, Art on Beauty's podcast here. Let's talk trade deadline, a contentious topic of conversation always, but February is coming up here soon. Obviously, everyone knows the problems with the Minnesota Wild salary cap. Bill Guerin has been doing a nice job since his buyouts of Zach Parisi and Ryan Suter, kind of navigating the waters of having no money, which is great. Although this year, he's got a lot of contracts to think about. He's got to figure out something for Matt Boldy. Uh, Matt Dumba, your alternate captain, is up on the chopping block. He's up on the chopping block every year, Kirsten. But this year it's real because he's playing for a contract. He's playing for a contract. So it's that question of do you let him walk into free agency or do you have to trade him? The unfortunate thing for Matt Dumba, no matter how you feel about Dumba as a as a player, you know, he has his ups and he has his downs, you can't afford to keep him. Similar to the Kevin Fiala situation, I don't know how you afford to keep him. Even if he tries to take a team friendly contract, you can't keep him and bring back some of these younger guys that you are wanting to bring back. So, Kirsten, do you trade Matt Dumba? What do you think you get for Matt Dumba? I don't know what you would get for him, but I do think, especially because of the salary cap issues, it's time. Well, let me ask this. What would you take for Matt Dumba? Like, what to you is, is an equal value for Matt Dumba right now? That's a Draft good question. Draft picks, prospects, probably. Well, the, the thing is, you don't need a defenseman in return. Because round I, six? Yeah. Just a round six draft pick. Okay, I will say, though, the 2023 NHL draft, it is stacked. So whether you're looking for more offense, especially with forwards, literally this is the year to do it. There are so many great prospects entering this year's draft. So I feel if that is what you're looking to do, it's not a bad route to go. And that's the thing. I think Minnesota needs a top six forward. We've talked about it. I'm okay with picking up a rental top six forward, even just to conclude the season just for that added punch. I mean, certainly you've seen these young guys step up this year and do a really nice job, but I don't necessarily need a defenseman back for Matt Dumba because my next trivia question, who was this week's Bardown Beauties guest? Can anybody tell me who was our guest on this week's episode of Bardown Beauties? <laughs> we wish. Can't, can't afford to get him on the podcast enough. Brock Faber, back there. It was Brock Faber, current captain of the University of Minnesota. Gophers all around, great, fantastic human. We got a puck for you, buddy, and a koozie. That's going to be a double since you're a clear listener. Nice work, sir. Uh, (laughs) Brock Faber, so he is the reason why I'm not worried about getting rid of Dumba because once this Gopher season is over, winning a national title, let's hear it for the Gophers. That's what's going to happen. I think Brock Faber signs with Minnesota goes on and fills that role very, very nicely. Kirsten, thoughts? I feel like Brock Faber is ready. I think he could, I don't want to say seamlessly because there's going to be growing pains with it, as you would expect, but I think a lot of people are excited to see Brock Faber in a wild jersey. And even when we were talking to him, he was a little bit more coy about it. Like, I hope to get to that point, still not expecting anything, which is I think is another great characteristic of him. Because a lot of people that either sign or become a prospect of an organization, that becomes an expectation. Like, oh, yeah, when I get there, when I play, and then sometimes it doesn't work out like you hope. So the fact that he just has that quiet confidence in him, I really, really like. 
Um, but like you mentioned, he's got his sights set on the Gophers right now. But the day he does officially put pen to paper with the Wild, that's going to be exciting. And he'll be concluding his junior year. So it's certainly not out of question that he might go back for that senior year. But again, I'm predicting the Gophers to win a national title. I know my Bulldog family over there is going to love that prediction. I think the Gophers will win that title. And then he'll be like, my job here is done. I'm I just got to say, St. Cloud State currently fourth Nobody's in the nation. Nobody's worried about them. Nobody's worried I would about be. Huskies. I would be worried. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> no one else is a St. Cloud State fan here except for me. No. Got to pay some respect to the alma mater. Yeah. Well, see how the crowd went silent. That's yeah, the correct I, reaction. Yeah, I picked up yep. on that. I did. Yep. Whatever. Uh, the Matt Dumba trade also brings in one of Fred's favorite Fred bombs, as we like to call him. Fred, what is your first thought if we were to, if the Wild were to trade Matt Dumba? What's the question you have? I don't know. A letter. Oh. You dummy. <laughs> Sorry, I was absolutely not paying attention. He was not ready. <laughs> Who wears the A when Dumba leaves? There you go. That's a very valid question. Fred is in the boat for Kirill Kaprizov getting a letter, which I think is too soon. I agree with the sentiment. He is the best player for the Minnesota Wild. Um, I think a lot of people would agree. Who would like to see Kaprizov with a letter if Dumba leaves? Okay. okay. He's the fan favorite, so that was a little bit expected. That's true. I would. He is Minnesota. He is the Minnesota Wild. What about Dumba's D partner, Jonas Brody? Well, we know I love Jonas Brodeen, so I think that would be a solid choice. But for me personally, I would love to see Ryan Hartman get an opportunity Ooh, wearing the A. Yes. He is more of a vocal leader and also somebody who is a great role player and somebody, too, who is a lot more vocal. I think that's something that maybe in the locker room is important because look at the leaders that you have right now. Jared Spurgeon, he might be more vocal in the locker room, but on the outside, he's a little quieter. So I think you need somebody with a little bit more of a louder presence. I mean, granted, yes, you have Marcus Foligno, who's very outspoken, but I think if you had somebody else, too, who kind of knows his role, I think Ryan Hartman could be a great fit there. I mean, as Jacob Middleton said in a live TV interview, he's a little shit. So uh, that's certainly something. That was my favorite quote. That TNT (laughs) interview with Jacob Middleton is going to – its it's ingrained in my mind. That was the most, that was the greatest thing I saw last If week. you are unfamiliar with hockey, all you have to do though still, Google Jacob Middleton and your, the photos will sell you on hockey. He looks like what every hockey player looks like. He's got a mustache. He's missing his two front teeth. He often isn't wearing a shirt, which is a whole nother story. But uh, no, and he's just a fantastic human, hilarious guy. He was on one of our episodes a couple weeks back, so be sure to check that out. I don't hate the Hartman take. I do think he's also a little quiet, personally, but that's, that's just, I mean, he's he's quiet in a different way, though, right? Like, Jared Spurgeon's kind of a more quiet. Like, Hartman sometimes, he'll say the, like, right thing, though. So maybe you're right. Maybe that's not a bad take. I think with Hartman, though, that quietness is maybe he just knows his place, knows his role. I think if you gave him a leadership position, you would see him kind of take on a little bit of a different role, but he'd still let the other guys speak, but he would lead by example. I don't know. I just, I have a feeling he would be a really, really good fit being one of the captains. I love having Ryan Hartman on this team. Something we talked about in today's recording for the episode to be released, excuse me, next Monday. We have new episodes released every single Monday, by the way, on YouTube and wherever you might listen to your podcast. Uh, We talked about number one center, which has obviously always been a problem for your Minnesota Wild. Your current number one center is Sam Steele, which is working out fairly well. But as we've all seen and have discussed and as Dean Evson has said, the problem is finding the right player to play between Kirill Kaprizov and Matt Zuccarello, not only because of their elite level of skill, but the fact that they only look for each other. They hardly ever get that third guy in the mix. And Sam Steele, in my opinion, is a guy that does play with a very elite set of skills. Whereas Ryan Hartman, no discredit to him, he plays a different role, and he's okay kind of just being 
that guy out there. You look back at number one center Victor Rask as well, ladies and gentlemen. He was a guy that kind of just filled that role, let them do their thing, but jumped in. And I think the reason I like Hartman possibly getting a look, as Kirsten, you had suggested, is that he can go score those greasy goals. And not that Zuccarello and Kaprizov don't crash the net, but they don't do it like Hartman. So maybe that is something that they give a look. Again, Sam Steele has been doing very well between those two players. He's been in that top line for the better half of the season now, probably the player that's gotten the most looks there. But I think that's the thing. Like, that's why you're never going to see a Marco Rossi necessarily there because you don't want a player, three elite players with that much skill. It just, it's hard to get them to gel, in my opinion. Kirsten? Um, well, another thing to go off of that Hartman take, I think it just goes back to everything we said about how he would be a really great leader in that locker room is he just knows his role. Like, he's not one of those guys who's concerned about his personal stats, who's trying to really make a name, solidify his spot by trying to add to the score sheet. He's more so okay with just letting his teammates score those goals, be the star, and him just being that role player that we talked about. So, And he solidified his spot. I think with a lot of the younger guys that you've seen, such as Marco Rossi, who have tried to fill that top-line center role, I think they were scared to lose their spot on that roster because this season that's been such an issue throughout the duration. People, I think that had been said in interviews, kind of walking on eggshells a little bit because they don't know everyone was vying for a spot. So I think at this point in the season, it's a little more solidified. But I think Ryan Hartman is just one of those guys who he knows he has a place, and whether it's on that top line or not, like he'll he'll figure it out. And that's been a constant thing that Bill Guerin and Dean Evson have really embraced with this Minnesota Wild squad in the past couple of years is that internal competition. I mean, we even look at it now that they're finally fully healthy. Mason Shaw, who doesn't certainly deserve to be taken out of the lineup, but nobody, you could argue, deserves to be taken out of the lineup. Brandon Duhame's done well in his return. Ryan Hartman's done well in his return. Um, you know, it's, it's a good problem to have, but it's definitely a problem, and it's certainly one of those things where I think that internal competition pushes one another to obviously be better because who knows, you know, you have one bad game. Not necessarily that it warrants a benching, but maybe another guy gets a look that, ne that next night. Definitely, and even Dean Evison, when Mason Shaw was that healthy scratch, he even said it to the press, he was like, I don't want to take him out. He doesn't deserve to be taken out, but somebody just has to be the odd man out, and he got the short end of the stick that night. Um, another thing, going back to top line center, all I'm saying is if you want to give Jewel Erickson Eck another look, I wouldn't be mad about that. I, I would. Okay, well, we haven't seen him up there in so long. I'm just saying it could be good. I just don't like it. You can't break up the grief line. Come on now. It's been broken up it's multiple broken times up. this Jordan season. Jordan Greenway needs to get some things locked down, I think, in my opinion. Well, Jordan that and, unfortunately, injuries earlier this season as well that broke him up. Just give it a try for a couple games, if need be, and see what happens. All right, all right. Uh, we had talked about scoring a little bit earlier here. My next trivia question, who was the first who scored the first goal of this season for the Minnesota Wild? So which player on the Wild roster scored the first goal of the year for the Minnesota Wild? They played the New York Rangers that night, and it was a 7-2 game. Maggie gets it right. It was Zuccarello with the first goal of the season. As Kirsten said, and not a win, so it was not really warranted. But hey, uh, first goal of the season nonetheless. Um, I, you know, Zuccarello, I think I like, like, he's obviously been so crucial to the scoring aspect, whether it's assisting, whether it's setting up plays, but I think you've even seen him step up his game more this year. I know the other night against the Rangers, even against the Islanders too, he played a role in every single positive thing that was happening in those games, even when things were kind of going awry, which is really exciting to see, Kirsten. 
Yeah, it definitely is. And just, yeah, if you look back to last season to this season, he's definitely taken on more of a role in his own. Um, the chemistry he's continued to build with Kirill Kaprizov, too, that doesn't hurt at all. So it's been exciting to see just more people get involved. Yeah, it's never a bad thing, and I think it goes to speak about the Minnesota Wild's depth in general. We talked about these young guys really stepping up, but, I mean, Mason Shaw coming in, three ACL surgeries, doing his thing down in Iowa, but just absolutely crushing it upon his time up here. Matt Boldy is exceeding himself from last year, and obviously he started the season a little bit late with those injuries. Um, you know, do you think, and this is another point of contention amongst Wild faithful, are we going to see Marco Rossi again this year? I don't think again this season. I think they'll give him another look at the start of next year. And honestly, at this point, I think that's for the best. Get him a little more accustomed down in Iowa, get his confidence back up, which I think it has since he made the move back down to Iowa. But at this point in the season when you're not only approaching the trade deadline, but now the Wild are currently in a playoff position, trying to maintain that and not only that, but make a push, it's not really the time to try to reacclimate one of the prospects into the pool at this moment. You know, sticking with the Iowa Wild again, and it's it's been so important. Bill Guerin has absolutely stressed the importance of players developing and not rushing. I mean, the NHL is not going anywhere. And right now, Minnesota, without question, has one of the deepest prospect pools in the entire hockey league, which is so exciting for the first time ever because, sorry, not sorry, Chuck Fletcher traded everything away, so there was never an opportunity to really build from the ground up. But now Bill Guerin has changed that uh, as well as that guy who shall not be named the GM before Bill Guerin, too. Uh, no, you know, so Marco Rossi, do we see him next year? Probably. Now we look at the goaltending situation. We have Marc-Andre Fleury, who could opt out of his contract next year, could continue on. Philip Gustafson has been playing absolutely tremendous. He got his 10th win the other night. Now I think everybody, including myself, when that one-for-one -one trade went down for Cam Talbot, you kind of assumed that maybe he was a bridge goalie. He was just going to hold that place until Jesper Wellstead was ready next year. Now I'm kind of wondering, he's probably got a cheap contract. Do you keep Gus around for another year? Or do you, I mean, it's obviously something you're going to have to reevaluate because now I don't think it's such a bad idea to let Jesper continue to season down there for a bit. No, I would agree. And that was one of the key points brought up when bringing up Jesper in conversations. You don't want to rush his development. You want him to continue to keep getting those continual reps. So he's been killing it down in Iowa, making it to the AHL All-Star game, as well as Sammy Walker. Um, but you want him to continue to just practice his craft. Um, but all that being said, Philip Gustafson, I don't know whether his confidence has just grown at the more reps he's gotten, the more comfortable he's gotten in Minnesota. Uh, also doesn't hurt being in the same uh, realm as Marc-Andre Fleury to kind of learn from him, maybe get some pointers from. But I think he's definitely changed the conversation around him. And I would love to see him back for another year, honestly. I think he's really stepped up his game as the seasons went on. Yeah, again, I think you do. You assess and see how Jesper has done. I mean, we had him on the podcast a couple weeks ago, and he had mentioned the main struggle that he continues with is just getting used to the North American sheet. He's from Europe. He played European hockey, obviously different size ice. And that is hard for the perifs for goaltenders to really kind of know the side-to-side -side game. And, and he had mentioned a couple other things to work on. Obviously, he is everything that they have built him up to be. If you guys have ever seen him internationally play, he is phenomenal. It's very, very exciting to know that this goaltender. But it goes back to the same point of why rush it? Why rush it when you do have a capable goaltender who's, again, probably cheap? Um, and this is all depending on what Marc-Andre Fleury wants to do at the end of the year as well.
And I wouldn't be surprised if Marc-Andre Fleury decides to stay. He's made it very, vo he's been very vocal about how he loves his teammates, loves Minnesota. Um, also the relationship he has with Bill Guerin. I mean, Marc-Andre Fleury is not a hard guy to love, but just knowing you kind of know you have an organization that has your back, that respects you, that really values you, which not to name names, but I think a couple of the last stops in Fleury's career, he didn't really feel that. So I think it's not in any question that he loves Minnesota, but just kind of whether he thinks he can still continue to play at a high level. But Philip Gustafson, I would not be mad to continue to see him. Can we pour one out for Alex Daylock, who now has to suffer in Chicago and just get pelted with shots night after night? Yes, we can. <laughs> also, speaking of which, maybe this raises some concerns. Uh, Colorado Avalanche losing to Chicago, the worst team in the league. Colorado's got some issues. Colorado has some issues. And you could talk about injuries and all of that. And, I, you know, you don't want to feel too bad for them. They won a Stanley Cup last year. That's, you know, let's not pour out anything too much for them. But I'm yeah, not. Don't worry. It's, I don't think anyone in here is. No, I definitely. Who scares you the most in the Central Division as it sits? As things sit right now, I would say Dallas. Currently leading the Central, and I hate to say it, no one wants to see Dallas doing well. Nobody. But that's just how things Except sit Except Norm right Green. Now. Norm Green wants to see Dallas doing well, I imagine. Yeah, well, no one wants to see him do well either. <laughs> so, um, Winnipeg, like we had recently talked about, I'm still not convinced that they're legit. So, I know they're second in the Central right now, but... I don't know. Maybe that's just my bias because of how Winnipeg has been in past history recently, especially. But Dallas is really that only team that really scares me right now. And as history would have it, I would say St. Louis. And especially after that last meeting where they shut out the Wild at home 3-0, wasn't too impressed by that either. So honestly, I'd be a little bit nervous to face St. Louis, too, coming not, down the stretch. Not ideal. Next trivia question for an awesome green belt beanie over here. When was the last time that the Minnesota Wild finished first in their division? Oh seven, oh eight. They hear that? Yeah. No. <laughs> They're thinking. Never. Oh seven, oh. I said it. I literally said the answer, you guys. My goodness. Uh, it was two thousand two. 2007, 2008. Someone said never. Thank no. Thankfully, they were not right on that one. They that, have yes. before. Yes. What is, does anybody know the highest that they finished since then? Has there been, have they ever finished first again? I'll take the answer. No, they never have. They finished second twice since then, 16, 17, and then last year they finished second as well. Uh, that first place against the, uh, that first place back in 07, 08, excuse me, it was still the Northwest Division, which mm. I was a big fan of. I wasn't. Because you didn't watch any games because you were a child, a small, itty-bitty baby child. That's true. That's fair. That's probably true. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Sad. We are going to take our last break, you guys. When we come back, we're going to talk some beer and how well it pairs with hockey. That's probably my favorite thing to pair it with. Forget the food, except maybe a pizza after this. Uh, again, we are the Bar Down Beauties. We'll be right back. All right, guys, we are back for our final segment of Buttes Live. Thank you to everybody for coming out, participating with us, having some fun again. We are the Bar Down Beauties podcast, releasing new episodes, talking all things hockey every single Monday. We've got fun episodes. Go back and check out the past ones. Jacob Middleton, we've got Bill Guerin, all of the good guys, plus some fun along the way. This is brought to you on behalf of Grain Belt. So we've got Joe Grain. I'm going to call you Joe Grain Belt now instead of Joe That Guerin. works. That works too, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, Joe, what's I've going on? I've been called way worse, so don't worry about it. This is true. Joe is a <laughs> hockey player, hockey fan, and he is a beer fan because nothing pairs with hockey quite as good as beer in Greenbelt. Got that right. Damn right. <laughs> so, yeah, we, I don't know, it's, that's what I do. I, that's my profession is watching hockey and drinking beer, I guess, maybe. I don't sounds know. rough, though, right? <laughs> I want to sign up for your job because yeah, well. that sounds fantastic. <laughs> we were just... Jason and I were over here commiserating about like <laughs> the hardships of. <laughs> it turns into a job drinking though, beer. Right? All, yeah, it does. It's like I was on, on the other side of town at my wife's job. They had a happy hour, and they were like, "Well, invite the beer guy." I'm like, "I don't." I was in Edina, and then I come all the way over here at like six o'clock. I'm like, "This is great." This is good. <laughs> Just keep the beer flowing. What is Greenbelt flowing uh, as of late? Now that we're in well, January? right now, right now we kind of this time of year we're kicking into our. Uh, um, we've got our Bach coming, our Bach season coming up from Shell, our Shell's Bach coming yes. up. Um, but right now, our kind of our kind of feature that we're pushing right now is our uh, Firebrick for Firefighters program. So our Firebrick is our kind of is our largest uh, uh, regular uh, um, annual beer or uh, uh, yearly beer. Sorry, I've had a couple. <laughs> the Greenbelt Green Lights, flowing yeah, they're, good, they're guys. Flowing. They're three bucks, man. It's great. <laughs> um, Firebrick is our uh, our our largest uh, year-round beer. Um, it was. It used to be a seasonal, and it was did so well as a seasonal that we moved it to a year-round beer. Um, this time of year, or actually all year this year, we're doing uh, proceeds from Firebrick is in the package or the keg are going to local fire departments, the uh, Min Fire um, and St. Paul Fire Foundation. So, um, if you see Firebrick out there, grab some, support some firefighters, get the you know give. We, Give a little to those that gave a lot, kind yeah. of type thing. So, yeah, it's it's a nice good little beer, amber lager. Fun. Just great food beer, by the way. It's there you go. You know, and feel good about drinking your beer. Oh, you know? well, I always you feel always good feel good drinking, drinking beer. your beer, but feel even better about yourself <laughs> if you don't feel as great the next morning, right. maybe, like yeah. myself. Yeah, that's awesome. So, hey, did. Uh, was Middleton tarps off when you were, he was when, tarps off. When you Middleton were uh, when you were interviewing him? Middleton is always tarps off. It's funny though, if you guys don't know, tarps off is obviously shirtless, as we'd mentioned. Uh, Middleton, first of all, only owns ten t-shirts, five white, five black. He refuses to do anything beyond that. His big gift to himself when he extended him his contract was a motorcycle. But it's funny, he started the tarps off thing. And him and Addison, it was never really a bit. Like they literally just never had shirts on. Like even after morning skate and as Middleton said he just he runs hot. Runs hot, yeah. His <laughs> famous line from that TNT interview. Great I run TNT. hot. <laughs> so funny. Great TNT interview you guys I haven't seen again, I encourage you to become a hockey fan if you are not already just for Jacob Middleton. What's alone. wrong with you if you're not a hockey fan? This is true. You I mean I don't want to single you out but <laughs> But loser. Yeah. <laughs> this is we're at Stillwater. I mean, this is hockey. This is hockey town. Right? Hockey town. You Although guys I, I did, I did hear Stillwater's high school team lost to my Roseville team last Ooh. night. So. Daggers thrown. <laughs> Dagger. Wow. Good I got Roseville. Yeah. Right. That's surprising. I, yeah. I, I was shocked they won games this year. So. <laughs> I'm impressed. That is. Impressive. I'm gonna get stabbed on the way out of here. Thank you very much. Hundred percent. Thanks for joining us for one last episode of Joe Greenbelt. Uh, <laughs> it was nice having you. My going away show. Yeah. yeah. Again, we are the Bar Dump Beauties Podcast. You can follow us wherever you listen to your podcast. New episodes release every single Monday. We have been around for four seasons, 159 episodes release, and that is in large credit to all of our listeners and our audience. So thank you guys so much. It's in large credit to people like Joe and Greenbelt for sponsoring us, as well as Talk North, Jim Beam, Soda Stick, and Royal Credit Union. We love it all. We love you guys. You're awesome. Again, we will be out next month doing another Buttes Live where we got more trivia more uh, good content, more fun. Be sure to join us then. Until then, we're signing off. Uh, be sure to go up, 
get your green belt, get your premium light at the bar. Tip your bartenders and waitress as well. Thanks for coming out, Kazis. You're awesome. Cheers. Near, 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 near.